is this going to lead to Vicky Butler Henderson again? Oh, <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> so I think I'll call it Sabine. Yeah, I think that's My that's first nice. female car. That's See, my hedge, I'm always going to call it your ring taxi. <laughs> <laughs> A really, really in-depth, hardcore anal. Um, <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Detailer Podcast. We have got a very special show for you today. Um, not only are we in a different location, so the sound quality is not as good as normal, but to make up for that, we have a star celebrity guest. So, first of all, I shall introduce you to the old favourites. We've got James of Keeley. Hello. We have Ian of Seely. I mean, Mark's taking any offence to not being the star and everything. That's fine. Yeah, no, well, you're, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a celebrity in Swindon. He is a celebrity in Swindon, but not, notorious. Un- not under his real name. And don't forget his tourist board work for Coventry. That is true. That is true. He's, he's done a great job, though. I, I mean, I almost want to go to Coventry now. To be fair, this is the only time I come to Swindon when I come down to Burns. Oh, that's a third, wasn't it? <laughs> We're not in Swindon. Anyway, moving on. Oh, Mike, sorry for the, uh, sorry for the weird yeah, noises. He's, right, he's, he's adjusting himself. We are joined here in Wiltshire by none other than Mr. Kelly of Harris. Say hello, Kelly. Hello, thank you. Hey, it's um, lovely journey down here. It was, it was yeah, lovely, countryside. wet, windy, well, yeah. wild, yeah. but have you we, made have it. Have we told him that he's going to have to sail back on a boat yet? Well, the phone call that I had missed was actually from Floodline, because we're in, in the valley, so we actually have to get these <laughs> notifications, yeah. and it's saying that there's a danger of a, of a torrent, because they're going to have to open the weir to protect Swindon. It's um, always Sorry. wet this way, isn't it? In west, always yeah. wet. It, it's, it's when, it, it's when the, the uh, waves lap against the door of the office here that they yeah. start panicking. Because the river is just there, so we've got the M4 and the river. It's it's joyous. But... And and an otter, my favourite otter. otter. That's uh, it's all fun. The new famous feature of the podcast, Bert's otter, <laughs> <laughs> which when, only I've seen. When you say they're closing the weir to protect Swindon, you saw them to say cleanse. <laughs> no, they cleanse. No, the they, entire town. they flood both Siren and here just to protect. Swindon just to protect town Swindon. Department are on alert again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, not worried. <laughs> <laughs> Probably local. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so today we are going to have a sort of a similar structure to normal, but we're going to reproportion things so that we can talk to Kelly lots. Um, and we're going to kick off with a little bit of news. So, um, James and Ian, yesterday you ventured with Little Richard over to G Technic in Northampton. Yeah. Put the booster seat in the Skoda. Yep. Yeah. Could he see out? The, was he all right with it? Yeah, his feet kept kicking the de- uh, glove box, though, so he got a telling off. <laughs> Keep squirting in my water. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, yeah jumped on the many, many A-roads. Mm-hmm. Um, Completely missed three McDonald's on the way up, so... Yep. There's yeah. good good roundabout action there, and the G-Technic have now got their own motorway junction off the M1. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of cool. Yeah, last, last time we, were, we had to go in through the uh, industrial gates at the side. Now they've literally got the line down to the Greggs. Oh, back up again. oh, oh yes, okay. yes, yes. Most important news: they've got their own Greggs and Subway. That's pretty cool. I, I and hear Starbucks and, and Starbucks. Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. Well. well, I hear that Rob's Northamptonshire might actually be renamed. Just the whole place just might be renamed to. I, think we, I think we actually went through the village that uh, the, the Rob lives in. There were, oh, okay. there were many large houses that we couldn't see from the road, and <laughs> I mean, I just assume that's mostly his. <laughs> Helicopters abandoned outside Tesco Express. <laughs> yeah. Private jet behind the spa. Oh, yeah, you'd obviously realise as well they've got an extra building, or do you? Yes, you, uh, yes, it, they've built another building. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, uh, we had the joy of um, spending most of the day in their 
terrible holding facility upstairs. Oh, you, you mean the, the attic, attic chill-out room, which has oh, got... terrible. Like, we only managed to get, like, ten games of pool in. That was fabulous. <laughs> the first time I played pool in years, because we haven't been able to go to a pub. It's been years since COVID started, hasn't it? Uh, it's over a year. Yeah. It's not technically years. Technically. I mean, I'm, it, I'm a bit disappointed like that the racing sim wasn't set up, though. No, is it because they've got a Skeletrix? Oh, they've got Skeletrix as well, yeah. but they actually have a racing. They had a racing sim there at one point. That's did, very did you do a time on there, Kelly? I didn't. No, no. 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 I thought well, I didn't want to embarrass no, everyone. I, it's fine. I, I, I yes. do more serious and geeky stuff, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. Well, I was hoping to, to topple the uh, top name on that score sheet, but but you can. It was not there. <laughs> when you actually go in that facility and you walk upstairs and you actually take in what's there, like the engine has a coffee table. Yeah. yeah. There's a serious After lot mine, of, prop shaft, but yeah, all those bits. There's so much effort and time and forethought yeah. and money being put into some sort of boys' room, really. Oh, it's yeah. really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Really cool. What's in the room just off of it? Is that like a testy room? Yes, because there, there were machines going there all day yeah, and I couldn't no, figure out a, they got a, a car through the door. That's test lab, like swipe where... I can't say too much, but yeah, there's there's a yeah. equipment in there and many many products being tested. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had my ear to the window, but uh, Actually, them, when I had I the went... music on very very loud deliberately. So. <laughs> I managed to bounce the white ball off the wall at one point. Yeah, so yeah. I disturbed them a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it was a wicked day out. Um, it's great to go over there. Uh, yeah, thanks Adam, to Adam for his Adam time. Adam was very hospitable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did our IDA SV mm-hmm. the academy. So I think we passed. Did we pass? Apparently, yeah, according to Facebook, we did. Oh, Facebook tells <laughs> us we passed. I did see the results, and I saw some very forced smiles. Ian I, doesn't naturally smile ever, but the picture of you by the sign, Rich looks like a small child. Who's... He, did have, he did have Greg's for lunch, though, so it could have been gas. He was... <laughs> have you ever seen How, how to Train Your Dragon? My smile like toothless. Kind of... <laughs> Not sure how the muscles work. You have to do it manually sometimes. <laughs> it did, did look like, yeah. Yes. Um, and actually, James, you looked the most natural in your photo. It, it looked like you're sort of almost taking a photo on, on some Hollywood boulevard next to the stars. Or Had something. a bit of blue steel going There was yeah. blue steel, that one, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, How many takes did you do that in? Uh, it's just a single, but I'm a professional. Less, less than a took to pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You've, you, you've taken my photo for the bag before. I have. I've taken some photos where you look... Uh, I, I can't think of a word that we can use on a podcast. Threatening. No, there's oh. one where you look particularly effeminate, where you kind of oh, there's that one where you're looking oh, around over my shoulder. Yes, Co- coquette- yeah, coquettish. That's, that's my uh, that's my profile pose. That's your Zoolander, your yeah, Zoolander look. That's yeah. it. But yeah, it was a great day out, um, which is unusual for Northampton. It is unusual. For, <laughs> again, Ian's adding those uh, towns to his list of offending towns. Yes, yeah, because I'm not going to be able to travel. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good day. Got it done. Um, so, because uh, you actually touch machines in the SV, don't you? Whereas yeah, in the PVD so one, there's did, no machine uh, touching. In a very fancy, dry, lit wash bay, mm-hmm. they had a warm jet wash. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was in my element. It's like a B day, but stronger. Yeah. So yeah, we did the wash process. Went inside, did some machine polishing, um, and then interior stuff. Mm-hmm. I was shown lots of flashcards of wheels. Oh, okay. <laughs> To pick out the uh, things to be worried about on the wheels and stuff, uh, but yeah, it's good. Uh, I thought they were like the uh, the psychiatrist tests they hold up for you. Like, <laughs> Can you see my, my mother telling me I'm not right? <laughs> yes, no, it's a Honda it? wheel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my dad's what disappointment. Did you, um, what did you think of the facility? Because the lighting's different. Oh, the facility's isn't it? fabulous. Yeah, I think. it's it's very different. And to do you what... know how much they spent to put that together? Roughly, I don't Any actually. Ideas? No, That's... I actually don't. No. Um, yeah, it's. it's... <sighs> I, I was asked advice on certain items, what to purchase, but mm-hmm. I 
don't know. Yeah. That massive well, light bulb they've got yeah. in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the yeah. room. Yeah. It's a light box. Yeah, yeah a big light box, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm quite funny with the workshop lighting, though. I kind of still feel I myself. That. I, I actually prefer other style lighting. To I this. find myself always <laughs> reverting back to wanting halogens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about? What, I mean, what do we think of all these hex lighting? That's very. I mean, Kelly, well, your 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 workshop you know, has yeah. got more lights than anything. You come out there just sort of buzzing um, at sixty hertz. Last count, I think it's two hundred and fifty individual remote control lights, and each bank is on maximum of twelve. Yeah, and I think we've got seven, five remotes upstairs, four banks of twelve, and then so you get the idea of how many. Well, you spend most of the time just wandering around with the remote so, controls flashing at things, don't you? <laughs> That I mean, flashing the remote there control, is a, obviously. There is a reason weird. for all those lights, obviously. Mm. They're not just to make it bright. Well, so I can take photos and, of you. I mean, well, of course, the, we, yeah. we did a lot. And, and uplist, it's great. I can take <laughs> yeah. five years off. It brings you back down to 28. So I put them lights in about five, four, five years ago, and it took me a lot of forethought to think what type of light. And I was trying to choose one light, hence what I just said about a light box. It doesn't always work because it's one light source. And it was just literally... I could find a reason why I wanted, like James just said, I'm going to call it LED lights, it's an LED, a round spotlight, mm-hmm. but then I could also, if I've got LEDs, I've got a bar strip so that they diffuse, but give me a, a spotlight, but not a straight edge. Then I've got LED lights that are straight edge lights because that shows orange peel mm-hmm. and a surface wobble. Then they don't show swells and sandy marks. So I've ended up with four different light sources, but five in total because I've got portable lights because sometimes you want to move a light around to see shadows and angles. And then it was like, well, I've got that many lights. I can't just go around and plug sockets. So then it was like, right, let's put them on remote so we can pick and choose. For the day that we did, it was almost an overview. It's just like, put them all on, just so I make it bright as possible. Yeah. And so there's a reason for all of them. And when I'm on my own working, we know which lights to turn on and off for what reason. And so... I couldn't work with one light source really now, but it's weird because if I didn't go back when I was in that workshop and when it was daytime, I'd have a halogen light and then I moved up to metal halide lights, mm. then from that to LED and going on and on. Then it's like, well, I want LED, but I, do, I want different types of shape, which I'll come to the hexagon in a minute, but I don't mean the shape of the hexagon. I want a round cluster to make a round spotlight to create look for swells or a straight long line which shows wave of orange peel and as you've seen there sinkage texture in oh we had we had a long we'll get onto that in due course but yeah um, we talked all about sinkage yesterday so a hexagon light does the same thing because you've got a straight edge it's just that it's pretty looking they are very cool when you stand 10 foot 15 foot away from the car take a photo it looks pretty and it makes a, a nice looking image. Well, the nice thing is you don't actually need to polish or detail the car at all. Well, you just you just put it in there, take a photo, that's boom, what put the it on Instagram. Square lights do, and that's why I showed. I think I showed you on a day that we've got square lights, like the lights all said, flat lights, but we haven't put them next to each other. We've left them with a square, a similar space between, mm-hmm. so that you've got a straight edge still. Because when you look at a car reflection or the surface in the middle of a big light, all you've got is white. You can't see any defects, so you need your eye needs to look at a boundary. Of a you need contrast. Yeah. Well, it's like a, a digital camera. The autofocus works by a point of contrast, and that's why when you're snapping a quick photo, you have to immediately look for something that's in the vicinity, yes. um, which has got contrast on it. So just pulling it back to the trip to GTEC, you've done the, done the SVEs. So you've got four letters after your names. Uh, we've got four, but we're hoping for six. You're hoping for six. You're going for the full RT. 
hope so, yeah. Um, mainly because, you know, our, our involvement with PVD over the years, um, it, we're always looking to sort of help improve the industry. It's not hmm. really about sort of improving ourselves, even though we always try to. You know, we're trying to sort of give back. Um, you know, I, when I first started in the industry, I was kind of alone, so to speak, with regards to sort of experience and training. Mm-hmm to build it up really slowly over the years but the you know the marvel of the internet and contacts and the network you know it's great to sort of be able to offer these people starting out mm. a bit more advice well that's an interesting thing because the internet kelly one thing we which i've never seen in a training session well no at school do you remember how it used to be put in front usually on a friday afternoon in front of a vhs and it would normally be attenborough sitting in a forest saying look look at this frog don't eat it <laughs> we with kelly you had some you've got quite a lot of unpublished videos yes. of, sort of hiding around your youtube and then when we were having our pizza Yes, uh, Wednesday, I keep saying yesterday, um, and, and plonked us in front of this video of a red Porsche, um, which was an interesting one, and various other videos of bits and bobs, and a Bentley as well was involved with a bit of sanding. And it is, it, it is, there is much more. I mean, James, you started, what, in 2003, four? When did you start touching cars inappropriately? Um, first paid job was 2001. 2001. So well, t- t- late 2000. Well, you were still on, I mean, I guess it was broadband a thing then, or were you still on no, dial-up? Well, it was, but it wasn't wasn't for the man in the street. accessible. Yeah. So to have to start detailing when there isn't any of that resource to now, you know, the guys nowadays are so lucky. Well, don't forget that, that in 2000, for me, mm-hmm. because the internet wasn't really a thing on my agenda, I didn't even know about detailing. So I just started out as, as what I thought was a valitor. Mm. And, you know, just gradually worked to be a better valitor or be the best valitor that I could. And, yeah, in um, probably 2003, I uh, bumped into a detailer, and it was the first I'd really sort of... It was like, we, we need the music, the angel it. music come out, because Kelly had a very similar experience, and that he was just... Well, you're actually fixing cars, weren't you? and that's another comparative for James, because he also fixes cars. Um, but the... Does he? Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll have you know that I definitely helped fix your MG. You undid one bolt for me. It was the bolt that was <laughs> so, stopping the so job. So what you're saying is you're an MG mechanic and you take all the work going for. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Awkward. No. Yeah. Have you put the exhaust on your... Uh... That's car news later. Anyway, yeah, that's car news later. You fix the roof and you. No, never mind. Um, but and this is just is that Kelly said it was actually when you watched Telly, a client of yours, told uh, you, hey, turn on the TV, yes. and it was fifth gear. Yes, yeah. fifth gear, and it was Mr. Yeah. With Mr. Yeah. PD. Yeah. Um, and and it was then that you kind of conceived these things. And it's it's interesting how because you were both there at the very kind of beginning of these yeah. things. I mean, how it's evolved. I'm fifty now, and I was. Polishing, sanding, and polishing cars when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. So over thirty years ago. When did colour come in? <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> and I, I actually was polishing solid colour, and then I was involved in body shops when it transitioned to clear coat, two stage. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been around, and I have got involved with cellulose occasionally because my father used to do that. But and I probably ten years, fifteen years of painting, sanding, polishing, and it was like. Normal that all body shops sand and polish after they've paint because there's dirt, run, sand, mm. whatever you want to call it in the paint to try and make it better. And it was almost a completely normal service. So I was doing that for years. And obviously you have to be clean the car and polish a car and wax a car at the end and coat the wheels back then. It was like super resin polish or whatever. You had mm-hmm. turtle wax. And I was doing that for years and years as a hobby and in building my own cars from bare metal sort of restoration sort of work. 
And it was uh, it was actually an Aloe Wilfer refurb across the road that said to me and a client, but this is two Who are also times. in Swinton. Well, yeah, but, well, they're not now. Yeah, yeah they're not yeah, now. They were, they yes. Were, yeah. So um, they, it, I dropped a car off that night and literally to the customer's house and then my wife took me home and he messaged me saying, quick, fifth gear. Hmm. And I saw this £5,000 car wash literally spitting feathers because I'm thinking... How can someone earn five, believing it's completely real? Not yeah. that I don't know if it is or isn't, but I was like, it's £5,000 just to wash a car, and I've just spent a week sanding and polishing a car at a lot less cost because mm. that's what a body shop value it's at. And it was like, oh, anyway, that's, that's, is that real? But I was, I was intrigued because I was like, £40 for a bucket? Well, it wasn't shampoo. I was thinking, oh, my God, because we're using body shop trade stuff where you get 10 gallons for £3 or mm-hmm. cheap wax. Go back to work the next day, and the Yellow Wheel Company goes, Did you see you last night? And fifth gear, I was like, Oh, not you as well. <laughs> then a client next week, and it was like, Well, this has captured people's imagination or it's captured an audience, isn't it? And I, that was the first time I heard it called detailing. Mm. And then a client came in and said, Have you heard of detailing world? And I was like, What's that? What's a forum? Mm-hmm. 38. What's years, the internet? <laughs> yeah, well, no, 30, I was 38 then when this happened, about 37, 38, and I hadn't ever use a laptop or PC. I really am like a man out of a cave of spanners. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I've been called a spanner before. So, <laughs> so I had to learn. And I was going on this social media and really understand the platform. And, and of course, the rest is history of detailing world of how I went on there. And I was posting up work that was loads of body shop people were doing all the time. And I'm like, why is everyone going, wow, this is amazing? Mm. Because you've got people on there that are valeting and I've come along showing a car completely sanded down, which is normal to me, and normal to loads and loads of body shops. Mm. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. Of course, it's quite normal now. So would you argue that detailing has kind of emerged from body shop trade rather than from valeting getting more involved? I think it's both. Okay, there's kind of many, they're they're in the middle. It's I don't think the, it's the, the you've got a child of both of them. It's both, <laughs> and yeah. you've got the sort of Americanism that's been stuffed in the middle of it. That's true with the phraseology of it. Yeah, yeah because we've sort of... You know, we've been cleaning cars professionally since cars existed, pretty much. Well, I don't. I watched a Pathé video on the nineteen fifties, and oh, it seems it's on to Pathé News again. Yeah, I love Pathé News. Are you sponsored? No, I wish. I wish. I, I know that my cousin has a Pathé only fans page. Well, but do you remember we were doing the history of paint, and it was the. Do you remember the? <laughs> Sorry, I just got the eye. Got your joke there, Ian. So that was a funny one. Which one? Oh, the the Pathé News before, and the only fans. Oh, oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, no, the last joke before that was uh, two thousand and sixteen. That was quite funny. The last one you got. Yeah, yeah. The um. So anyway, <laughs> when we were doing the article on the history of paint, uh, we were talking about the uh, Model Ts that were painted in that the Japan in Japan black. Mm. And even back then, the dealer would repaint the car with a brush. Yeah, if it was looking tatty. Mm. So from then onwards, we've kind of been maintaining See, the appearance. We've got, we've got rollers now. Yeah, we've got I've, roller click. I've worked them. on a car. I've worked on cars that have classic, very old cars where I saw my dad's staff brush it on, and I was like, what the hell? And then you sand it back, brush it on, sand it back, brush. and then I finish it in, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. If you've got the right material to be able to do that and you know what you're doing, you sand it flat and polish it, it will be lovely sprayed. So I think the, the sort of, it was sort of the Hollywood side of it, wasn't it? Because once we started getting the internet, Suddenly, it was sort of seeing what the Americans are doing, and we've been doing the same thing for years. But you know, it was the sort of glamour that they started adding to it, mm. and then yeah, you know, like you say, detailing world, those sort of forums. I wonder who the first detailer was in the world. 
the no. first detail. Well, it would have just been somebody cleaning cars egg, in America. Right, no, but the first, the one who called themselves a detail, the first person who identified as a detailer. Self-identified. Self-identified <laughs> as a detailer. Did you just try to define my catch? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know, it's a weird one, because we have this conversation about Germany, and if you say detailer, that could be the guy brush-washing your M3 at BMW, mm. or it could be... Well, it's the same you know, in, in America. It's at yeah. Hotel Cafen. They're both the same title. Yeah, and in, in America, you get these detail centers, and it's a tunnel car wash. Mm. So it's the whole phraseology. I mean, we don't want to get into a phraseology of, of you know, history of it. And all car the rest care, of it. there you go. Yeah, car care, there we go. Boom, that professional kind of car care. encapsulates everything. Body shops, wool refurbers, us lot. Yeah, in, like you said about Germany, when I spoke a lot of, to a lot of American details was in America, what they were describing to me best place to find them i we i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a detail what they're offering mm. but they're calling it a detail and the customers know it's a detail so it's a detail yeah and that of course valet means something completely yes. different well it was when like when i first started doing machine polishing for for trade cars as a kid as a kid sort of 18 years old mm -hmm. It was a bucket of G3, you know, a freckle of GMOP and some horrific single or two-speed Bosch like this. And you were just a valeter that could also buff cars. You weren't then, because we have this conversation about what makes a detailer a detailer, mm. and it always boils down to, oh, whether they do machining or not. Mm. Well, that's nonsense, because valeters were machine polishing a long 30, time ago. 40 years ago. So I think that it only really... Well, I don't want to blame the internet, but I certainly think that publicity sort of develops it into yeah, what in we've got. Marketing, marketing department. Yeah. If it wasn't for the internet and detail well as a forum, I wouldn't be doing to the level I'd carry out services now. Mm. I wouldn't have bettered myself as much. No, that's true. It's definitely been good for the industry, without a doubt. You know, that exposure on TV was, was a turning point. And then we had the articles in the newspaper about the other firebrand yeah. car wash. Because there, there are two on fifth gear. There was Paul Townsend oh, and, and seven, Paul Dalton. 7,501, 7, which was in a garage at home, I won't say. Yeah. As a detailer, and, and it, it went up and up, which... Uh, yes. Do you remember this? I do. So yeah. it was the guy that was using a microscope, wasn't yes. he? On the paintwork. And the one we worked out was being paid about £4 an hour or something, yeah. the number of hours. Well, that was, was it, yeah. Up. We did the maths on it, and it worked out that the hours that he spent... <laughs> Money that he charged, he was actually only earning about £12 an hour. <laughs> if you want to hit Kiki, I know in that footage that the positector is using when it flashes red, not so the other day, yeah. he's not actually reading the right value, and the value he got is impossible. And oh, wouldn't know how to interpret it, but it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it, it's, and I know that from Sons of Sorry, but I'm not going to call anyone out on it. But more importantly, is it gives people hope, it might be slightly a false, yeah, might, but then. You wouldn't know this. I actually got involved with Discovery TV. They approached me, a media company, to do and done quite a few test pilots. And this is back when I was very, very shy and really didn't like a camera. So I found it awkward. But they come to my building, did a couple of hours, and I had to go off and do like a Dragon's Den thing. Mm -hmm. It was all signed disclosures that you can hear this. And it opened my eyes because everything I was interviewed on and said, they cut, can you triple it? Can you exaggerate? Yeah. yeah. And then I suddenly realised you can't blame the person on the camera because that's because they might actually be quite a nice normal They're person. They're being manipulated. Yeah. Well, it's entertainment, isn't it? Yes. I mean, yeah. Mike Brewer is a fine example because I can't stand him on telly, but I've met plenty of people that have met him in person. Well, I've met him in person. He's actually a really, exactly, nice yeah, he's my, a really nice guy. My work experience was basically buying chips for Mike Brewer on the set of, of Channel 4 Driven, and he was brilliant. He ate a Are lot we of get chips. Through? Is this going to lead to Vicky Butler Henderson again? Oh, <laughs> Vicky. <laughs>
road ram, Anglesey Racer. Let me tell you a story. In an LRJ2 with Vicky Butler Henderson. We'll end and the story I'm... there. We'll end the story there. Okay. Because we've heard the rest, but nobody else yeah. needs to. Nobody else wants to. And there's still a court case outstanding. So, That's uh... true, but it's fine. The um, Yeah, because the other thing, actually, that reminds me, news-wise, we're talking about the tele, tele box is um, shout-out to Cat for appearing on the Top Gear online oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. video. which was and The clean talk, team. The clean team. And, and you were actually saying, Kelly, how uh, they kind of make you um, be larger than life. Well, the thing is, Cat already is pretty no, much is, larger than is. life already. So. Yeah, but he did... He was he good. Did say that he, he gets into character. Yeah, because we went there, and he, he again, really nice guy, uh, just draws people in when you yeah. watch his videos. Not in a predator kind of way. <laughs> um, but he said to you, you know, I'll have to get, my, you know, you have to get, get myself in the, in the sort of mode yeah. to do it, and it is quite a. He turns it on, he dances, and he, he shakes around, he makes noises, he sings along to things. Just, it's very odd, very odd. <laughs> I'm glad but, you said it's odd because. The amount of people that have said this, his name all mm. the time to me is amazing. It's amazing. What a guy. And I'm thinking, recently saw one of his videos, watched another one, got drawn in, and I'm watching about 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm watching them thinking, why? Because of being a bit old, maybe mm. a bit miserable, a bit cynical. A bit cynical. I'm, a bit, more, I'm a bit more geeky, engineer type person. I totally get why it's going to captivate an audience and it's going to work. Yeah. It's just not my. TV. It's oh, not but my you style. watched about ten yeah, of them. Exactly. exactly what I was about to say. There's something there. I'm thinking. I've got to stop watching this. Is it morbid curiosity? <laughs> yeah. Or is it just and like I'm a... thinking, what? And I was more fascinated with the production of the move to the music, and then making videos myself. I really get that. He's got a very natural gift, yeah. a very natural yeah. talent. He's a performer. He's yeah. he's actually got a degree in. Is it marketing? I can't remember. P, uh, PJ told me. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, sure. It's really confusing. I've named my new car TJ, and obviously there's PJ. So um, apologies in advance if I accidentally mistake Subaru for an, a, a Nordic legend. But well, the problem is with what he done there. I actually now want to watch him, and I didn't really take notes notice of the products in the, in the video. <laughs> yeah. You can actually be yeah. more of a limelight than their product. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Can you risk. buy calf? <laughs> in a by shares and non-fungible tokens. Well, I think I think a few brands have fallen down that that kind of route, though, haven't they? Um, I know the AF guys. You know, theirs yeah. was always about the sort of dolly birds, the pinup girls, and you kind of lose the products then because it's you're sort of it's like an advertising campaign, but you've lost the products in the, in the in the well, it's, it's, it's marketing, it, haven't you? Yeah, there's also there's actually a bit of a somebody put up some pictures. I can't remember which business it was, which which brand it was, um, using a, a pretty young lady to sell products, and it was remarkable how things have changed. Because in the old days of, of AF, we you know that was a, the thing, and somebody put up these photos, and they were oh you're using sex to sell car products, and they were getting all stroppy about it, and I was like, especially if it's like clay lube. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, the thing is, you'll get called out regardless of what you do in this industry. Yeah. It's quite vicious, isn't it? Well, yeah, you can always counter it. You know, I mean, with um, uh, Lake Country hiring Kelly, you know, they could say he's he's trying. they're trying to appeal to a female market. It's true. Uh, really? Well, I mean, you can say that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily true. But, yeah. <laughs> and detailing is, is big in the blind market. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So, Kelly, we have uh, already met once this week, haven't we? We did. And I dragged and a... bothered to come back a second time. <laughs> <laughs> and actually in the same week. <laughs> yeah. On uh, Wednesday this week, today being Friday, we uh, invaded, PVD pretty much invaded um, the, your uh, lovely training centre. Yes. And uh, you very kindly did a day of essentially advanced machine polishing tips, tricks, kind of crash course, but at a high level because they're all professionals. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. How did you find the day? Um, it's always a blur for me, any sort of day like that, because you've just got so much going on in your head. You've got different possibly character skill levels you don't know what they're expecting so just setting up the day before then getting everything ready and then you pre you might have noticed i got a lot more equipment out than we did in a day because without assessing the people on the day which i didn't do beforehand i didn't know their level and i didn't know what they want to see so all i did is get everything out mm -hmm. so whatever they need to see we can do it um it won't be the same with our syllabuses, which we've got released soon. That will actually be a strict certain mm. days you pick and choose. But being a PVD day, it was almost like an overview day, wasn't it? And a bit of fun. Um, and it was fun, actually. I mean, you and, you and Martin got on very well. Right, so it's always a fun event with Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin is a character. Um, I Every time I've had an open day, group day, whatever you want to call it, even one-to-one, -one, fortunately, people have liked it, enjoyed it, don't want to leave, want to come back for more. And it could be sometimes the characters there, the people, me, you know, and what they've learned. And I think there's more than just learning. It's it's having a memorable day, a fun day, and trying not to make people look silly because they might not know something. It's mm -hmm. like, look, we're always learning. I just try and be down to earth and... I am quite down to earth. I mean, people are mucking around and calling me names. I was joking. Well, you blew them all, didn't you? I mean, you, sorry, you blew them all away um, yeah. with your angled DA trick trickery, um, which was pretty damn stunning. It, it's it's actually really simple, basic physics, really, what's mm -hmm. happening there. And it's a, it's a myth-busting, which has been, unfortunately, a trend that's slowly changing now. Well, to help you, because uh, I know you wanted to be sort of the leading the crusade for this thing, but everybody says, you know, have the pad flat on the yes, paint. Yes, yes. And all the guys there were very much flat, pad, yeah. flat on paint. And You're not implying that a certain brand would physically advise against it, are you? No, no, well, quite quite the opposite <laughs> yeah. in, the, in that Kelly had it. At, at not, uh, what would you say about five ten degree angle and it changes as yeah. you get through your set yeah, yeah. and actually angling this the is advanced yeah i mean yeah. it's i'll do it very quickly but obviously we all know here around this table that compounds diminish or go blunt or reduce you know whatever fancy words you want to call it they wear out you know so that's and that yeah, yeah yes. i mean but james talked about so when a compound's the most aggressive you would like rather if you need to make that compound more aggressive so it's more advanced i can make one compound do a lot heavier work than it's designed for by changing the angle which makes the contact patch smaller which makes a higher pressure but tipping you've now got airflow underneath which then means it's running cooler than the flat pad so the burning effect or burn through effect reduces but you get a quicker cut then you got the I showed about the, you're picking a compound back up all the time. Yeah, you move the, the compound around. It was yeah. it was like Paul Daniels, um, and with just moving. So we had this bonnet, and um, he you put a squirt of compound on your on your pad, and then um, you can place it where you want. Yeah, yeah. and you're just moving it around yeah. like some sort of like um, three cups where the money is. That's it. Yeah. And it's not a showman trick. It's actually a factual, as you saw, reason for doing it. And we do do it in my building all the time, and it just 
and I think the party trick was you saw me say that I predict everyone's going to take off two microns of clear coat because yep. we probably need to say we had laser pointer pens and paint fitness gauges mm -hmm. so we was always in the same place. And I didn't take their readings, so it can't be my sleight of hand. It was actually every pupil measured their own paint, took the reading, and I said, right, you're, you're all going to take two microns off, and I've never seen them polish. So yeah. one might have at six, number six on a speed, one might have two, and I went with that pad, that compound, you do it exactly how you want, mm -hmm. which we did, there's two microns. Then I basically said tip and press, which stalls the pad, put more compound on and predict four microns. And apart from one that had already done that sort of method the first time around, the other four, it's like a, yeah, suddenly got a magic show. Yeah. It was like, what did you get? Four. Yeah. What did you get? And they're all like, how have you just done that? Yeah. And I've never helped them once. I just told them what to do. And, and they were using, I mean, they were all using uh, Roop's LHR 15s yes. and um, the Lake Country microfiber pad. That's it. With what, the D300 Maguire's, oh, it's a HDO microfiber pad. HDO microfiber yeah. pad and a D300, as you yeah. say, with the, the mags. And yeah, with a pink pink, uh, pink yeah. compound. And um, yeah. They so all... that was slightly confusing. And I think that broke the ice where maybe some people are less receptive to listening mm -hmm. because we all think we know what the best. Or mm -hmm. there's a lot. And then once you break the ice and they're suddenly like, how's he just done that? Then you've got everyone's attention. Then it's like it's very easy for me to then lead because whoever there was like right and some of the characters that would be quite strong-minded were like the ones going can you come and check this and mm -hmm. can, you, can I help and I was like of course so that's when I done then the demo demo of tipping with really scratch yeah so it's the same amount of compound flat pad over a large area or the same amount of compound over a very small area of tips and that's when Martin had the really confused, <laughs> look, confused look how does that even work yeah. It's actually really simple, but it's because the industry from a long, long time ago has had this tradition of how to do things, and probably no one's ever challenged it, I'd guess, or mm -hmm. practiced or tested. Well, when the, when the DA machines first became a thing, it was always don't stall the pad, mm. no matter what you do. But once you use them often, you realise that you want to stall the pad in certain circumstances because it will do a different thing. Yeah. Likewise, it's a bit different when you sand in, but there are yeah. times where if you're being a bit sort of, you know, if you're really trying to get at something, you'll you will, you know, try and stall that pad. So yeah, you get like a different um, different reaction out of the the equipment or the polisher. But even then, the manufacturers start sort of drilling that, you know, don't do this, do do that, because they're trying to increase the longevity of the machine. Yeah. But that's not necessarily going to give you the best results. And you also get Chinese whispers because, oh, he said you have to do that. She said you have um, to do that. I mean, James, you'd know uh, the, the free pea-sized blobs for the amount of compound you put on a, a pad has always been sort of normal for years. And to try and make people realise if you put more on, you get more cut because there's more product there, is really hard for them to accept because they feel like it must be that. Because yeah. years and years ago, that's what someone said. Yeah, yeah, that's the rules. I've never seen anybody use as much compound as you. I mean, you were spurting it all over the pad, and yeah. the pad was But that's because moist. it's a microfiber pad. And, I, right. and the easy way for me to describe it was, and you can see they got it, I went, if you bought some sandpaper, a round disc for a DA sander, why would you have just two 10p size circles on that whole disc, five-inch disc of cutting media, and the rest plain paper? And you see a sort of look almost again like, this is so obvious. Mm. 
So I said, so why would you put on a microfiber pad, it doesn't really spread, it sucks in. Why would you put such a small amount of compound? Mm -hmm. You want the whole pad to have compound on it. And the moment they did that, that's when they got double the cut for the same process. So I've gone, so now you've got a new arsenal, you. You can alter how much compound you use, and that alters the results, not just what pad, what machine, what orbit. There's another variable now, and that's you. And, and me... Tall manufacturers, pad manufacturers would always say you it's the pad or the tool or the compound. Mm -hmm. And I, Mike Phillips said years ago on stage, um, I was on stage with him and he was showing sanding by a machine and then sanding all by a machine with different machines and polishing. And someone put the audience and the audience put his hand up and said, um, oh, well, I like hand sanding. It's quite worryingly, he turned to me because I was helping next to him and he said hey Kelly I guess which do you prefer and of course politically correct you'd say machine sanding and, and I've gone hand sanding <laughs> thinking he's invited me up on stage to help and now I'm going to say in the eyes of the public watching you're wrong yeah. there's no right or wrong here but I went hand and I was really proud because he turned around and went hey yeah, what you like doing is what I, like. I prefer machine I went that's mm -hmm. fine and then he actually put his hands in the air and went I'm, I can't sell these their hands. <laughs> so I was actually really humbled that you quite happily admit that's he's he's got to sell machine yeah, tools. It's yeah. It's a product. And so he didn't argue that watch was right. It was just like you choose. Yeah. So yeah. And it was just literally I can't well, sell hands. Well you're very I mean I it has to be said on Wednesdays that quite often I've, I've been to countless manufacturer days and a lot of them are these are the products we do buy them yeah and we've seen through the pbd assessments people who are doing sort of three pre-washes on cars and you ask them you know what why why are you doing that and they'll say oh i went to a manufacturer training day and that's what they told me to do and i was like oh okay yeah, so why why do you think they've done that and they sort of look at you with a you know they can see the cogs going around in their very heads slowly. then they go oh yeah. oh those yeah. In unrelated news, Kelly Harris soon will be working for a compound company. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, everyone's going on about three spots. I used to do smiley faces. Me too. Yeah. Still do. Depends, what, depends what sort of day it is. Sometimes yeah. and a happy face. It was on Wednesday. It was interesting. We had three spotters and then we had a um, crisscrosser. Cross, yeah, and a line. And yeah, a line. Cross, yeah. I did experiment with pentagrams for a while, but it went a bit weird and the flames <laughs> and the brimstone started. Uh, Rich is a Mercedes badge guy. He is. He does a Mercedes yes. badge. When it falls off, it goes rusty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ends up in Eastern Europe. He's overpriced in the first place. Ends up in Eastern Europe, eight, eight, 800,000 miles on it. But to, you've got to remember, when they cut, it was an advanced day, I'm not going to show people what they already know. Yeah. I'm giving them another variable, another option. That's yeah. just it. That's what was really good. Is that, And again, a lot of these machine days and stuff like that, they're always, not the, same. Been on, they're they're always, always the, same. the same. They start very simple. But what I like is with the PBD one is that we're able to say, right, these guys are doing this day in, yeah. day out. So let's start at level five and take it to level seven. But I think... People seem to forget that, though. I mean, we're all of us around here are very much in the sort of um, ever learning mindset. You know, mm. even no matter how old you are, how long you've been in industry, there's always something more to learn because everything is always changing. You know, paint types change, machine types change, pad types, polish types. I mean, we've seen in our careers, we've probably seen more technology change than any other industry, relatively. Well, space travel's done pretty well, but yeah. Yeah, but has it though? If you compare it, because we, we've <laughs> no, had actually, we've had changes yeah. of machine action, the types of machines we've got brushless, we've got lithium-ion batteries, mm, yeah. we've had wall pads, hybrid pads, microfiber pads. The foam pads have changed about five or six times. The shape, 
Yeah, we got eight, holds, eight meter cables. That was pretty exciting. And polishes yeah. are endless. I mean, if 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 we got uh, the original G three that I started with, and compared that to one of the sort of German or American high tech diminishing heavy cut polishes now, mm-hmm. they are entirely different things. Entirely. We were going through the the cup polishing cupboard the other day and started pulling out all the old legs body shop stuff. Yeah, from, yeah. Right yeah. Back, That's it. it. I mean, it's it's. And it will never stop, I don't think. Mm. Uh, it will always keep going. And these days, like you guys have just done, detailers need to realise it's not a we're going to teach you how to machine polish day. It's very much a we're going to either increase your efficiency or teach you something you don't know or just even if it's just to open your eyes that there are alternative ways to do what you do. Mm-hmm that's all going to go towards making you a better detailer. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I was just so chuffed with the day. And we had people, we had somebody from Cornwall, somebody from Manchester, somebody from Norfolk. So he came by donkey and, um, you know, made it all the way. Well, I say it was a, it was a caddy van, but, you know, can't tell this much. but um the um his own turnips yeah uh, he might have had Sugar something beans. in the back it Sugar was beans. it's a long wheelbase it, it was james yeah, so you know big there's a lot of space in the back of his van um but uh we're gonna hopefully do some more yes in, in the year stuff so um and you've got quite a busy training schedule anyway so we just sort of squeeze things in and around but i've already had right, messages yeah. this morning knowing that you're coming here um firstly asking for an address and autographs and stuff like that and, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's like i gave him a different address it's fine he's quite weird in the first place and um I'm at ready. How much further is this? <laughs> yes. It gets um, better, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, then he gets to Swindon. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to hopefully organise a, a, another maybe oh, we will. two yeah. or three days this year, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Well, and it was um, really for the members, it's trying to work out what they want. And we asked them yeah. the other day. Obviously, wet sand is very popular. It is. The reason, and it's. Yes, I, I do, do teach wet sanding. What I find weird with wet sanding is the amount of times it's the most popular subject, maybe because not a lot of people offer it as mm. training, and then you need the right type of paint and defects which we've created there to be able to show reasons for sanding. Very few people actually then seem to go away and carry on what they've learned. So mm. that there is one of the key points, because we do um, like a bolt-on for the machine mm. polishing bit. But the first thing that we say on the wet sanding course is, why are you wet sanding? And it's, oh, you know, to remove orange bill. Why? Why are you removing orange bill? Especially on a factory vehicle, mm-hmm. there's a reason why these cars have orange peel these days and you don't want to see them. So, you know, you have to ask the questions why. And it's just, oh, you know, well, these guys are doing it. Or I've seen it here, I've seen it there. And it's like, they're not the reasons to wet sand. Mm-hmm. Remember you know, that you- I'm sanding, not now, but obviously when we used to paint lots of cars yeah we would and so people understand this when i was wet sanding a car that we've done a full respray on it's a very different process or yeah it's a different process to just painting a car accident repair and out the door we would be as i showed you in a day we're talking about settling of primers and fillers and then even the paints waiting for it to settle then we sand it down and then we lacquer it again mm. so it's double lacquered and clear coat flows better over clear coat to start with because it hasn't got anything to suck into. Mm-hmm. If you let the first, all the sort of almost trifle layers of paint all settle, sand it, the finish you get out the gun the second time around, which is on the demo panels there, normally looks flawless, means the amount of sanding we have to do is less. And you've got a healthy clear coat there. But I also have sanded factory cars, but I've also turned away more 
factory cust- cars or customers want it done than actually I've taken on. Because yeah. when the customers explain what they're going to do with a car, it's an everyday car, and yeah. I'm like, it's not Why for you. Yeah, yeah. Don't it's do not it. for you. Don't do it. But yeah. I show for de-nibbing, taking dirt out runs. But, of course, if you paint, that'd be a brilliant course mm. because we, mm. I had to do that regularly on our own paintwork. So it's, <laughs> it, it's almost as if a detailer wants to learn it because then they feel like they know absolutely everything. It's the yeah. pinnacle of what you yeah. can do, but it's not something you actually really do in the real world. Yeah, so we mm. we sort of try and explain how you can use it to make your def- like your sort of scratch removal more efficient. But that's kind of the limit of where you want to use it. And it's when you try and explain to them that once you've sanded an area, the texture is then different mm. to the surrounding areas, and it is very much a... You know, yeah, do, 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 you do the best you can for the customer, but there's always going to be a compromise because you're always yeah. changing it. Um, well, it's, it's, it's strange. I, the uh, detailing world was famous for it. Uh, I remember there was uh, was it a VXR? Was it a VXR or something like that? One of the guys on detailing world, and he uh, did a full full wet under the factory paint. I think he actually took the car back to be redone. Uh, when it was brand new because he wasn't happy with it. Mm. And then there was a full wet sand on it. And four years later, the rear boot bubbled up. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm, he, I'm he assuming. He just... lost his voxels again. <laughs> but like Kelly said, for, for a car that you want to use at all, it's completely impractical. Yeah. Show car, fine. And it could be a, a wet sanded factory clear coats that they are literally, it's their toy, weekend, yeah. dry mm. use. Fine. I, I will do it. And, but I've also wet sanded to partially remove texture. And then, so when I teach, it's to do with the backing plate and the, if it's got, if it conformed to it or not, and then it gets quite geeky. But the problem is, even when you partially remove orange peel, you've removed almost two thirds of the clear coat that you would if you removed all of the orange peel. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So you don't gain much by leaving half the orange peel. It's not like you've gone, all oh, right, so let's say it took six microns off to take it all off, it's taken four. You're like, well, time you polish it another two, three microns. So you mm. might be at eight microns compared to nine or ten. And you're like, well, you're halfway through the process. You just change your grades and backing and you remove all of it. And it's the same time. So so I have occasionally, again, because of the specialists we are, we have partially sanded paints when someone's had a car painted somewhere that's all factory and has a really bad paint job. And they've come up and literally mapped out and even marked out just that patch is really bad. Can you match that? I wonder how many people could do that. We can, and we have done it. And I'm my front man's booked in. I'm like, oh my god, because <laughs> to actually try and soften the wave to match the rest of the paint to make it look original, we have done that. But it's a really fine one car in three three hundred. Hmm. The yeah. problem as well is even the orange bill itself. You might get the texture right, but the spacing might be slightly different. Yeah, of course. So you've, you've you're softening it. Yeah, I call it softening, blending. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's trying to get across the detailers have this romantic view in their Correct. mind of having this <laughs> mill pond flat customer car. You know, like a brand new nine eleven comes to them for a full four grand wet sand. It's just it's not practical. Mm. And and the 
the issues outweigh the benefits on something like that. And a lot of them don't know how to time it or price it because they've never experienced how long it takes to do something like that. And the irony is the trade that needs to learn this that subject more is painters. body shop. Yeah. yeah. And I had experience with a company that has pads and compound that come in uh, the other day and interested in white labelling. So they mm. said, look, obviously they can bring their products in and say, can you be compare and could you make something equivalent or better so the first thing i did was oh yeah you squirted their stuff all over the panel and it was all watery wasn't it, it? well i've done a filler test you know yeah. and they said like some people like air compound some don't and some compare it to this brand and i'm like didn't even get a machine out i just started dabbing it and they're like looking going, what's this nutter doing on my sanded down paint so i can see for fillers and i went i'll, I'll explain why some people love your compound some don't and I soon started doing it. I went, well, it's not as aggressive as the competitors you're comparing against. And they went, well, it cuts more. I went, no, it doesn't. Then I wiped it off, and it was like the best filling product I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It bears competitive. So I went, <clears throat> so you could see them getting confused already. Then I picked up a DA machine, random autumn pulp machine. They went, why are you getting a sander out? And I'm thinking, this is a company <laughs> supplying to body shops. Yeah. Calling the polisher that we all use a sander. And not just, they went, no, you're doing this wrong. We don't, These pads are not for sanders. I mean, it's not a sander. <laughs> and then when I explained a bit about... Would we have heard this company, that, who are these um, companies? Are? Uh, maybe. But <laughs> we'll find out afterwards. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so when I'm showing them the, what happens with a, a, a DA, they're like blown away, absolutely yeah. blown away. So it, it's surprising as parts of the industry that are really lacking knowledge. You're like one of the sort of um, crossovers, though, because... Ordinarily or historically, painters and detailers it's, don't get along. No, it's like the Great so War. Yeah. All, all of the paint shops I've used, it, uh, you know, when my shop was open, it's always been a very fine line relationship with them because they don't really want, they either blame us for silicon being on the car, mm-hmm. that's one of those things, or we'll look at the finish and we won't be happy, or the colour match will be slightly off. There's the commercially acceptable phrases thrown 10, around. 10% of the, I mean, we haven't talked for over a year and a half because of COVID, but my my full-on one-to-one, so one person all week, of about 150 people I've taught over the last eight, nine years, 10% of them have been body shops, independent body shops. Mm. So it's interesting that, mm. and now... But they're definitely moving towards quite a few I've seen yes. are adopting detailing um, tactics. I but might know one of them, but there's a couple of car manufacturers yeah. that have asked me to go in to improve their polishing. And, of course, the first thing I do when I go in, I'm like, well, your technique of sanding isn't correct and, and why are you using, let's say, a rotary and of a worn-out pad, the usual thing that's yeah. on the floor and there's no cleanliness. <clears throat> and they're like, and they're actually some of them even saying there's something wrong with their paint when it's not the paint, it's always their polishing yeah. or vice versa. So it's like they're actually at least seeking advice and looking into the industry. And it's interesting that you've got, CEOs of companies or operations managers going, I'm going to look at a detailer instead of the body shop manufacturer. And I'm talking to a massive paint manufacturer at the moment about working with them because they never teach body shops, the people at the end users using their products, how to finish them. Mm -hmm. So they're blaming the paint for swirl marks, sinking, settling, Mm. drop back. And it's always the paint's fault. It's not the process but we're not talking about applying paint badly. 
they're using what you said earlier, sort of G3 from years ago, 20 years ago. They're still stuck in the dark ages. I'm well, They are. Yeah. So one of the... Um, I sort of grew up working at main dealers and one, one of the prestige dealers that I worked for, main dealers, they had a never-ending issue of... And it's, we still see it now. We see a lot of the... I won't name any names, but a lot of the sort of supercar-type brands. And then mm. they're sending cars out and detailers are doing the old, oh, look at the state, there's sanding marks all over it. Because the detailers haven't been in the sort of immediate area of those cars being made or even shipped or PDI'd, what these guys don't realise is that the cars leave the factory absolutely perfect... But because of the products and the processes they're using, the fillers are dropping out mm. or the sanding marks are coming back through from the clear coat as it settles and as it goes forward. And that's blamed at the paint material, would you believe, most of the time yeah. and not the process. <laughs> but it's kind, it's kind of both, though, isn't it? Because like you're saying there is the sort of information that the paint manufacturers should be giving isn't there. No. And as a result, they're using improper finishing techniques or products because i've seen them still using the the really high rpm d nibbers mm-hmm. uh, i've been up to the, one of the factories up north super high rpm d nibbers and then they're running over it with three famous polishes that we've all grown up with on a handheld rotary air powered mm-hmm. looks great perfect goes out goes to dealership some kid like me will hot tfr it to get it for its bdi you know that awful sort of treatment of the car goes into the showroom all of a sudden all of these fillers and oils have been dissolved by the tfrs and stuff and you've got a car covered in sanding marks it needs to be educated from the start like mm. you're saying, the suppliers of the paint need to take the technicians away and say, listen. I mean, this that's something that when we were talking to uh, Tony from Roadpoint mm. uh, a few weeks back, and some, something they're trying to develop machinery for within the within the paint plant. Yes, I can't remember how much we can exactly talk about I, this. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of squinting at you, but yeah, we're, we're, to we're, shut up when I need to. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're under under formal NDA, so we've got to be very careful. I, I think that's probably the limit of where we can go. But, but, develop, but they, are, they are trying to develop techniques to detect it before it actually leaves. Yes, yes. To and, detect. and work out further back down the line where the changes need to be made. Indeed. Yeah. I think the ultimate aim for these, I mean, hence why we've seen orange peel increase so much over the years is because they try to eliminate finishing as much as possible now aren't they so people like uh, you know wolfsburg in germany their finishing department does very little they're they're removing defects they're not actually finishing the cars well, like yeah what's interesting Bentley or aston martin do it's interesting with them because in fact one of those plants um for one of those manufacturers is something we've been talking about and um they have gloss meters effectively gonia photometers taking various different readings automated on robot arms yeah. as it's going through the process so the computer is telling them your paint's not up to snuff send it back before you've even had to get it you know finished at the final stage but you it know. probably goes even further than that because you might find that within that automated process they'll adjust paint flow mm-hmm. and airflow to actually get the Compensate. finish yeah. as they're doing it <laughs> so it may not even be part of the finishing process that gloss reading or that sort of te- probably a texture reading will be part of the paint process and they'll adjust it as they're doing it. Yeah, in real time, yeah. To eliminate, you know, Fritz, who's been working there for 30 years with his 
super <laughs> three-phase Bosch polisher, they don't want him to work there anymore. No. Because as soon as you introduce humans into the process, that's when you start getting... Mistakes and costs. Cost. I'm pretty sure yeah. this is how Skynet started in Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> it all came out of Wolfsburg. <laughs> First we had the Gonio photometer, then we had T6. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting times. So, um, yeah. I'm trying to work out where we're going for now. I can't, I can't remember. Well, we'll have a break and then we can do some car news. That'd be cool. Pro Detailer Car News with Kelly Harris. There's slightly more West Country every time you do that. <laughs> yeah. Car News. Car News. Brum, brum. So, um, well, there is lots of car stuff there, but I'm trying to think where we where we finished off our last car news because so much has been happening. Well, I think we should hand it straight over to Ian because the saga continues. Yes, I don't even know what's happened here. I just saw you a bit tearful this morning. Oh, no, no. Well, last podcast we finished off with slightly good news that we received halfway through that it might, might, the A5 might only need a uh, new timing chain. Yeah. Um, they've since actually taken the rocket cover off and found Swarf everywhere. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm back to rebuild. Okay, so are you going to rebuild it? Are you going to flog it as pretty good car, good runner, like it, eBay? That's going to come down to what the engine rebuilder says once I tell him all everything that it will actually need doing, so it's not just going to be... Oh, it's it's fully yeah. forged bottom end, uh, yeah. 30, 40 <laughs> oh, That would be good, wouldn't it? Then? Um, uh, can I actually ask, are these two just as bad as me and you when it no. comes to... Oh, we are worse. We are much worse. So basically, Ian never modifies cars, but he buys slightly nicer, more expensive cars oh, in the first okay. place, newer cars. James won't modify BMW because apparently all BMWs are perfect and they, okay. you can never improve a BMW. But he's got a Skoda, which was what he turned oh, up yeah. in this morning. And um, that I is. Have a good, sort of, I have previous form of modifying cars. I, I mean, I, yeah. used, I used to modify cars, but. Rolling a Fiesta on a roundabout does not count as a, modification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bert were speaking the other night, and Sorry we, to hear that. Suddenly, <laughs> yeah, we suddenly realised that we both are serial modification guys. Yeah, we haven't had one standard no, car. I've never, ever, ever had a standard car, and it doesn't matter how serious that car is. It's like I've got to do something to it, and it's all disease. He, you've even it. modified your £250,000 McLaren. The McLaren is already in bits, and it's been in bits for four months. Is that intentional, though? Because they have got... No, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is me tinkering, as some oh, people okay. like to call it. Mm. And, it, you really shouldn't be able to make that car better, but I can always seem to find a way of spending tons of money on doing something and personalising a car, which we all know in England, in America, it's actually really popular and people mm. earn more money, but in England, it devalues the car. Yeah. Not necessarily. A, a car with a fully forged engine is worth more money but than a car without. You need to lose grip of this reality. <laughs> no, no, it's not just, this conversation, look, I'm afraid. Kelly sold his Lambo because it was uh, such a minter yes. that he would lose value by doing anything. Well, to I actually it. did buy an exhaust and a few other bits, but never got round to fitting it because it was such a pristine, perfect, impeccable history car. That's why I bought it. There was nothing I could do to it, and then suddenly it was a burden. So I was like. If I do anything to this car, it's going to ruin the car, mm -hmm. the, the pedigree of it. And then I was even drawn to have to take it right across the country to the same dealership, which was always done on the same week of every year. So it had the same dealer stamp that I worked said, but I was doing more miles driving it to the dealership up north to get a service and leaving it and going home than I was actually doing in the year driving it. And I'm like, 
all because of the stamp and the history. That's rather the correct magic yeah. tree air freshener. It, it's just, the ship. <laughs> That's not how it works. At and Amber, I didn't, didn't <laughs> like it because everyone thought it was amazing because it was like, what can I actually physically do to it? Yeah. So it's a disease, and so now you've got a um, it's a long tail McLaren oh, six. Is it a six ten? Yeah, the six hundred. The six hundred. The, the, the word LT. I mean, it's about I think for forty millimeters longer. They, they really are using that. Yeah, there are but, situations yeah. where forty mil can okay, be really okay. useful, <laughs> but like so, aerodynamics, for example. Yeah, it's all about drag. Yes, yeah. The uh, the six seven five LT was quite long though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that was quite a long, long one because um, that's what our friends over in Germany had. Yes, yes, Apex, at Apex, Apex 675 LT. Yeah. Uh, not sure if that's when they blew up. No, I think they did blow up the engine of it, but yeah, I think McLaren then took the engine and, and, and fixed it for them. Yeah. But they they had a, a good hard service, those uh, cars. Oh, yeah, Apex, no, they, they? they worked. For that. And to be fair, <clears throat> if you look at the lineage of engines that explode, like my Subaru engine, for example, and that McLaren engine, they're pretty much the same thing. You know, yeah, it's yeah. high performance. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly that. And um, uh, just, yeah, Some of the combustion stays on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. There's definitely some engineering going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty much... Well, it's like the, the, the new Subaru I've got. It's basically a Porsche engine. I, it's in the right place. No, no. no. He gets that. I've activated <laughs> him now. I've activated <laughs> Porsche and Subaru both make, obviously, flat engines. Yes. And they've both got this sort of knowledge base. And they feed off each other. Okay. I mean, the variable valve timing thing, that's, that is Subaru. But, you know. Anyway. <laughs> there, is a, there is a brief point to make, though, is that... The the, uh, the boxer engine was uh, was invented by BMW. Yes, and because uh, you made motorbikes, didn't you? Yeah, boxer fours. So. Well, no, twos. Boxer twos. twins to start with. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's motorbikes. So, uh, but yeah, back you're, to McLaren. You're... <laughs> the problem is with Burt's modifying is that it's never. I don't always... like to call it modifying. It's enhancing. He doesn't always improve the vehicle. So I was just checking the time left on the card if we're going into the problem. Yeah. Burt's modifying. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't always improve the vehicle, does it, Burt? I think it normally does. What? Oh, were you talking about Fritz? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Fritz was a is a is a long term. Fritz is a Audi D2 S8 that I bought after blowing up a Hawkeye Impreza and drinking quite a lot and watching the film Ronin. <laughs> and I went on eBay and put a thing on. Anyway, that so was, what was the other car in Ronin? Uh, that was a BM, the one that was behind. That was a BMW, wasn't it? And you chose the Audi. I chose the Audi. How be- could you? Because it's got better tone. Was there a Peugeot four oh six or something? Four oh no four oh five. Yeah. Was it a six oh five? Oh, it was a six oh five. Six oh five. I love those as well. Six oh five SVE yeah. three liter V six twenty four valve. Oh. But um, yeah, no, I went for the Audi mostly because my at the time I was um, doing car skin and we had a. I borrowed my dad's XK one fifty Jag to go around to shows. And if you wanted an S class, you can't have it with a knob. Um, and if you had the BMW with knob, so that so left really an Audi. An AD, Audi and um, and I became the knob. And I fitted a knob, <coughs> um, and it can tow two thousand four hundred and fifty. No, two thousand three hundred and fifty kilos, which is quite a lot of kilos. Well, it could, it could when it had the right gearbox in it. No, it's got a gearbox from a, a, a TDI now. It's an 01E TDI box, which is like the extra <laughs> long first So basically gear. what we get into the point is that you've ruined a perfectly good Audi S8 by converting it to manual, which now has a theoretical top speed of 300 miles an no, hour. No, 276 miles an hour. But it will never get there. <laughs> no, it struggles to get over 150, as we found. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they never did a right-hand drive manual, you see. Right. So everything is custom. The pedal box is custom. Everything is... is yeah, and we put... I'm going to say you are far, far worse than me 100 percent. no 100 i'll tell you what you say you'll never get there but in a vacuum if you were to drive that in a vacuum he might suffocate and we wouldn't have to bother putting up this anymore <laughs> anyway just well i'm just trying to think of how many cars i've got that are non-runners and how many cars you've got that are non-runners one yeah 
Zero. <laughs> All of my cars are runners. So, hey, to be fair, before we on, could... when you when you pulled up with the uh, in the Skoda, you, you were measuring up uh, PCDs on that nice uh, little VW. Yeah, there's a, a swanky commercial <laughs> run on the drive over set of uh, yes. set of tricky wheels on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I assume those uh, the, the caliper adapters all fit onto a Skoda. They as well. actually yeah. would all go on there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's it's a when weird. You say will go on. I've got a guy out there. He's already done it. <laughs> 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 You've got a strange dichotomy. When I drive around the countryside with a camera kit in the car, bear in mind I drive like 500 quid, 1,000 pound cars, the camera kit is always worth more than the car. Yeah. When you turn up in your van, your van's worth more than my house. So, you know, we're kind of getting there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's. Um, what have you oh, done to it? What have you done to it? Come on. The list is huge. I mean, in parts, I've estimated... I spent £25,000. Oh, that's that's nearly half of what you've spent on the D2. In, yes. in parts, but it's over six and a half years. So when you look at it that way, I've just done bits and bits. <laughs> but you're saying at the end of spending this sort of money, you have a viable vehicle. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's possible. A, 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 a vehicle has never let me down once. Mm-hmm. That is impe- in, immaculate and is improved in every comfort, noise, seating, engine, braking. But it's actually like, shrinking. Yeah. Over there. I can see it almost, almost like <laughs> the opposite of Bert. <laughs> and no. I use it all the time, and it's built for a purpose. Oh, no, we're definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Mine's locked in a garage and has been sawn for two years. Bert's parents have actually taken it off him and <laughs> locked it in their family home. <laughs> it's like, um, what's that for? It's just, my mum always said I couldn't handle the V8. There was, a, it was, was it Duke's hat? No, it was Starsky and Hutt. Was it so? It was a film. Oh, I can't remember. Right. They both had V8s in those, so yes. it'd be one of them. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, what the car news is uh, what's happening with the pile of scrap on the driveway? It's gone. Which one? No, the blue one. Oh. <laughs> well, the you one just asked about having it painted. Yeah, that one. Well, they basically. I know um, she got shiny wheels, so I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. I saw new brakes. I saw new yeah, brakes yeah, yeah. on it. Alcon yeah. six part, yeah. two part discs. Yeah, yeah 360 mil. There nice. are. Little spooky remnants of Uncrashable 2. There are. I saw a white boot lid outside the door. There's a number plate tape on the back of it. The hey, amount I... of different wedges that things had. <laughs> yes. Hey, I went and saw one of your other Subarus the other day. Ooh. It's parked outside my new house. Not for long, though, because I'm going to kick it off. Oh, Boris. Oh, how is Boris? I haven't seen Boris for months. Uh, it's still there, sadly. Okay. Is 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 uh, our friend? Has he moved into his place yet? Because no, he's gone quiet yet. this week. No, not yet. Okay. Well, B- Boris is my outback, which I've lifted. It's basically for when the zombie apocalypse comes. I've heard a little bit. About yeah. This car. Yeah. I've seen a photo of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. basically ruined that one as well. Yeah. Three hundred thousand miles. It's done more miles than anyone else. Here. However, um, well, well, it, well, however, how many it's, engines? It's basically triggers broom now. Yeah. It's not triggers broom. It's done three hundred thousand miles. At which point compression was a little bit soggy <laughs> and so we went to rebuild the engine but due to various things it wasn't particularly brilliantly rebuilt so we just about got it back here for three months of sort of holiday and now it's back in siren and i happened to have a slightly whiny rear diff oh. i mean would you whine after three hundred thousand miles i probably yeah, I would. You would yeah so it's just got a, a and with the diff you never guess what he threw in gearbox so <laughs> it's got a new gearbox that's only done i think it's hundred twenty thousand, which for a subaru is nothing yeah. and uh the engine's done forty thousand, supposedly because it's come direct from japan definitely hasn't been cut out of a stolen car uh, well, I do, I'm, it, might, it might have some history, but you, you, did you look at it? Or well, Kevin looked at it and actually said, Christ, it really is a new engine. 
Um, it must have been Kevin. We looked at it oh, and it was... And I it wouldn't was... have made such a compliment on a Subaru engine. No, no, you wouldn't have, would no. you? Um, so, yeah, Boris is going to get the new engine put in and then when the zombie apocalypse comes, I'll be ready. Okay. So I'm just hoping it doesn't come in the next month or two, otherwise we're in trouble. Um, but it's got the ground clearance so we can run over even fat people. Thanks. James has got a new set of uh, shiny China tyres. Oh, yes. Yeah, would you like? They say they're good. Right? Oh, you've got, you've got lots of stuff this guy. I have got yes. lots of stuff. So, found a guy Yeah, we just talked to the secretary out of us for modifying cars, and now we go in here. He's put bloody tyres on uh, his car. OEM Plus is what I go for, actually. <laughs> OEM Plus. So, I was on Facebook the other night looking for cheap stuff for sale, as usual. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that somebody locally to home was breaking a modified Octavia VRS. Mm -hmm. So. Was he a detective sergeant? or? Uh, it wasn't an interceptor, sadly. Oh. Um, so I thought I'd pop round there to get a tail light. <laughs> That's what you told her, anyway. Well, I got a tail light, <laughs> and I've got a full stainless steel exhaust system. Oh, you bought that in the end? He wasn't selling the wheels off his because he had some sort of uh, like BBS CH kind of black oh, wheels, and I, I was like, those. I want them. No, I'm not selling them. So I said, Oh, I've been trying to find a set of 18s for God knows how long because they came with 17s or 18s. Mine had the crap ones on. He said, Oh, well, I've got a set of standard Skoda 18s in the shed if you want to buy them. So I said, Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could have just put like a half inch weld bead around the edge of your current wheels. Yeah, it could have that, that would have worked as well. So then I had the dilemma of tires because we know I'm reasonably tight when it comes Which, to tires. I'm surprised you didn't try and make the 17 inch tires fit on the 18 inch rims, to be honest. Well, the reason you. I was looking for rims is because I'd expired the old tires somewhat. Yeah. And my. Uh, it's always a good excuse to buy well, new my wheels. My audible tachograph was getting a bit tiresome. Um, <laughs> Which was a, a ten mil bolt in the rear tire. Yeah, it's good for good for snow. Yeah, I could hear <laughs> that, that yeah. one wheel. That one wheel. Yeah. I could hear around, it, yeah. but Ian used to twitch every time he got in the car. No, he twitches anyway. It's oh, nothing okay. to do with the car. Started doing the Severus Snape song in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I need tires, um, and I, I just I was struggling to find anything that I really sort of wanted. Didn't want to spend five hundred quid on PS fours. Mm -hmm. Even though that was the tire I would really be yourself five hundred quid. I got the the GS fives I put on mine, the same price as PS fours are at eighty six quid for a two four five forty five eighteen. Eighty six quid fitted. Plus VAT. Uh, ink VAT ink delivery. No, ink VAT, ink delivery. It's just well, black the, circles. The, the, yeah, they worked out about four hundred and something quid. Right. Uh and can't seem to get hold of Eagle F1 Asymmetricos, which is my other favourite tyre. Yeah, that's what I've gone for. So, yeah, I just, I'm just i not sure how long I'm keeping the Scud missile for. Um, so I went to a local tyre place. That's what they had in. Um, my God, you bought new tyres. I thought you'd done third-hand retreaded, no, no, no. part-worn Chinese. So there was lots of shouting in the background. Yeah, there was a lot of shouting <laughs> in the background. They had a massive row. They didn't have any in, so I left very quickly. Um, yeah, so I've experienced... Uh, like super budget Chinese tires before mm. on track. And the reason they were good is because they're because you were drifting notoriously soft and drift cars as well. Mm -hmm. um, but they always had like a crazy wet rating and we never really got our heads around it. The two reasons why is because they put big channel drainage channels in mm -hmm. or water dispersion channels to cut down on the amount of rubber they use per tyre. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they use a soft compound because rubber itself is quite hard. So the additives they put into to make it up makes it a soft tyre. So the so they're actually extremely good. They just don't last for a horrendous amount of time and uh, fuel efficiency. <laughs> you say for a horrendous amount of time, not even for a useful amount of time. How many miles are you going to get out of these? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, they were they were two hundred quid for a full set fitted. Yeah. 
and they are very grippy, and they are good in the wet. Can you pronounce the name? Uh, wind Force. Oh, okay, no. Oh, okay, because there's no, Land Sale is another one. Oh, so no, they're, like, they're, they're, they're sort of bordering mid-range now, Land Sale. Yeah, it's Wind... <laughs> wind, wind Force. Is land it Land Sale or Great Wall that Sun wind. the Freelander in... <laughs> you you are all talking a very weird language to me. Really? I've got mm. oh, have you got P zero Trofeo track cut RSs that cost five thousand pounds uh, per square inch? I've got P zero McLaren fitment tires on my caddy van. So McLaren treads super soft. Oh, have you got, have you got one of those service contracts where they just replace the tires? Oh yeah, yeah, these ones are worn out. Just we'll just take those off for now. I, I only need fronts. <laughs> so yeah, I have McLaren fitment. P zero um, tires. How, how, how? Do you mind if I ask an indelicate question? <laughs> I, I, how much do they cost? Oh, I was, I was cheating. I put new Trofeo R tires on my McLaren, and they happen to be the same fitment. The oh, so you've got them part worn. So they're part worn <laughs> of my McLaren. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're not worried. Was, I, you've spoiled it now. You're not worried about them catching fire. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Sure. No. They've done tests. I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, two hundred quid Chinese tires on the Skoda. The exhaust will be fitted this weekend. I think. Okay. Um, Oh, I need uh, a tail light needs to be fitted, and uh, that's all the news there is. It's pretty good, really. Pretty good. I've got some more bits for my one. I've arrived from Japan. Oh, the E thirty six hasn't stuff hasn't arrived yet. Does your roof work yet? Because uh, I saw a photo of it out front with the roof down. So it'll do seventy percent of the process. Well, that's that's so. It's a, it's a semi electric hood. Oh, it's fully automatic opening hood. <laughs> it's the closing but it's not quite so automatic but it's great for sunny weather I think we mentioned it on the last podcast I had a ring BMW which I always love doing mm-hmm. uh, flexed my card I'm told they enjoy it too down, yeah. the, uh, down the phone it's got, got a private me, access number yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it got me an increased uh, increased price um, so I've ordered a micro switch from Germany yep and that will fix it okay that will fix it cool so when he calls cool. BMW and say hey it's me <laughs> yes. Hey, hun. Hey, hun. What well, you do later? Well, I hate to break it to you, but uh, when I was getting some spares because I've got a new dashboard bit coming for TJ, the, the blue Subaru, I called up the it's spares. Called Todger. Shut up. I um, called up the spares department, Simpson Subaru, the other side of Swindon, and I said, Oh, it's, it's Bert here. So, not and this was, side. Not this side, no. And Why don't you call up the UK importer? Uh, because I didn't. But anyway, um, what do you mean? Why, 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 why are you looking at me Where's like that? There's no UK importer for Subaru anymore, is there? I am. They abandoned the UK. No, they didn't. That's Mr. That's Mr. Bisher, you fool. No, Subaru. Uh, don't they tell me like this UK? while we're live on air. That's outrageous. <laughs> this is not the case. You're just, you're just, you're playing with me now. I thought didn't you buy that off them when they left before? Anyway. Oh, I bought that when they were on the point of destitution during the recession of I 2010. They left. No. No, they came back. Oh, oh even, even worse news as maybe well. Maybe just wishful thinking. Um, there's God. a possibility that Subaru might even be supporting Burt's car habits moving forwards into the future because they've released a full EV now. Yeah, I'm not likely to get on board with that. They do, they've do. they had Febs for a long time. Yeah, oh, this is a full... Full-blown. Well, have you seen the new GT86 slash BRZ car with a 2.4 in it? That's kind of cool. I, I wouldn't get a coupe because I'm not having a midlife crisis, but no offence. But, um, <laughs> you know, or, or offence. Um, <laughs> he's got a coupe too um, but uh, yeah no Ed Simpsons I started saying I'm the one with the Outback that's done 300,000 miles etc etc because I need a lot no of parts for Boris no no quite the opposite before I'd even said I'm the one with the Outback he said oh I remember you yeah yeah you got the Outback that's done 300,000 miles I was like that was two years ago I talked to you and that, that's how important I am in this part of the department advisor's mind 
And if, you, if you take a Subaru for a surface, does it come out with a magic tree that's scented like Labrador? <laughs> no. What about flat shoes? Doesn't need it really. <laughs> you get a free pair of flat shoes with it. Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no. I've got Crocs. Yeah. Well, for, scary for thing. business purposes. Well, the one thing is with the Outback, the problem is every time I pass somebody else in an Outback, the same car, Subaru people tend to wave at each other because we're be nice another people. Car you're passing that thing, is it? No. I'm, 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 I wave in the opposite direction. There's always a grumpy, later middle aged, large, sort of. I haven't got a Subaru. Rural woman. <laughs> Woman, no, you know, they're the just waving to like at the marble that you're still on the road. Trying to flank it down. Oh, I rescued a BMW. Did we say that? Yes, because I'd just come to the podcast offer. I've just rescued a BMW. Uh, or tried to rescue it. I used you, and then we didn't manage to fix it. Yeah, because the guy started panicking about me mentioning removing trim panels and yeah, pulling things. So, oh, I've got some other BMW news. Oh, great. I'm um, so on... Kelly, that McLaren of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided on a name for the E34. Oh, that is important news. What what were you calling it? Sabine. Sabine, in honour of Miss Schmidt. Because she was famously photographed driving an E34 ring taxi. Okay. So, so your 520i fitting... is... Well, I think it's fitting that you E34, just... and she passed this year, which was very, very sad. It is. So I think I've called it Sabine. Yeah, I think that's My that's first nice. female car. So in my head, I'm always going to call it your ring taxi. <laughs> yeah, for very, very, very different reasons. <laughs> I mean, your Audi's soon becoming that with the amount of. Uh, you yeah, know, no, but you know, his needs a ring or two. Him. His ring needs four rings. <laughs> well, technically eight rings. How many rings are on the pistons of his Audi? Uh, none at the minute. Oh yeah, of course they're all in the sun, part broken they? and snapped and full of carbon. <laughs> no, it's, it's a completely different type of sport. Not sure which. It's very special. It looks like. Uh, it looks like the. Cam bearings have degraded through dry running on his E triple A from the uh, photograph I've seen. Yeah, is that to do with ragging it from cold every morning? Uh, and never don't getting what, I don't want to get involved no? in that conversation. No, it's the fact it would have been probably good if it had been looked after. Yeah, it'd be fine. It'll be yeah. funny. Broke my missus drove it, so uh, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't lessen the fact I've got to pay to fix it. But... Yeah, it's quite. Well, you can always borrow her capture, I guess. Shut up. <laughs> today, worse I, now. Today, you had to nip to the garage to look at the Audi. And yeah. I saw you can take the Skoda if you want. Do you know what he said? No, I'd rather. Uh, no, I'll go in the MG. Oh, Who would ever God. say that? No, no, I won't take a Skoda. I'll take an MG. Yeah, and and specifically a TF. Oh, Jesus. Better paintwork than the Skoda. Beg to differ. <laughs> Mine, mine's got paintwork on all of the cars. And you've done most of it out of a tin. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think it's a difference. Scratch and throat. Um, so, Kelly, what car are you... You know, you talked about McLaren, you talked about how you've been shaving all the paint off to reveal the carbon fibre and have managed to therefore add value to it by removing paint, which is it's like pretty impressive. Digging for gold, really. It is. Yeah. What? But you said you're kind of coming to the end of your relationship with McLaren because... Oh, um... You need a Subaru? No, no, I never said that. You had a Subaru, you, though. You, you, Did you have a Subaru? Yes. Oh, sh- what Subaru have you had? You've just you let me know. Oh, I've kept it from you. Absolutely This kept is outrageous. I'm knocking the door from the inside. You can become part now. Uh, the trouble is, not on you're going to ask what model, and I'm going to go, I don't know. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Holy shit. Brilliant. You had a Subaru, and you don't know what model? It was in the state version. It would be about... W Reg, X Reg. Okay, turbo. so 2000. Yeah, two litre turbo. And was it an Impreza or a Legacy? No, no, Impreza. It was an um, Impreza. Okay, so it's a wagon. I, I, I'm going to tell you why I bought it. Because they have such horrible paint, <laughs> original. <laughs> I 
and it was dark color and they are notoriously bad for looking after and they mar as you know and get swirly i was like i just need to buy myself a raggy snotty car i just started liking you as well and i wanted a car that had <laughs> i wanted a car that had this typical japanese horrible soft paint and it was a thousand pound it was a bargain and I hardly drove it. All I'd done was put lots of square patches of nano coatings all over the car and some waxes and sealants. Mm-hmm. Then deliberately parked under trees so birds could poo on it. Sacrilege. And, and then tried to park it near the beach. Can you see the light so draining from Bert's it eyes? It was tax MOT'd, <laughs> but it was just literally parked in particular places just <laughs> to do a nano coating test. You monster. <laughs> and, and as soon as it had its use, I got rid of it. Please tell me you scrapped it. I did actually sell it at the same price. Oh, I didn't make any money on it. Vehicle, but, nice. But I, I've got to admit, it had one year we had bad snow, and it—I hate to say this—it was literally brilliant in the snow. It was unbelievable. Well, if you drove it more, you find it's brilliant in the dry, brilliant oh, okay. in the wet, yeah, brilliant yeah. generally. Well, yeah. I mean, so, also, so, also, so you found out the way to put it into four-wheel drive mode rather than struggling for ages in two-wheel drive <laughs> trying to get out of a field, is what you're saying. Uh, no, I was in four-wheel drive. No, shut up. I didn't. I was. I got stuck in like nine foot of snow and videoed it. Didn't you get towed out by a sh- uh, bit of bushy? No, it was a no. Renault van. Oh, was it? No, it could, no was the it? Renault van couldn't even get far enough into the snow to hitch up the tow rope that I had to pull me out. And I he was going to, a... then he saw it was a sewer. And like, <laughs> no, he, no, he wasn't very mechanical. He didn't even know where the towing eye was for his van. He said, I don't know how you tow this car. No, he does. It was a Renault van. Of course he needs well, a towing got, eye. He's got a rear Flat. beam. Just loop it around that. Yeah, no, this is the front because he could only nose in. It was a narrow little lane and I got a little bit wedged and it's always it's full-time full drive. However, it's got a uh, viscous coupling in the centre yeah, yeah. and if you hold it in second, it locks that viscous yeah. coupling and so you're effectively got a locking centre diff. Um, and then I just drove out of this like nine foot, I think it was actually 50 foot After snow how drift. Um, it was a good couple of days you were in there. No, it was about 45 minutes. And bear in mind that I've been driving around fields the day before, doing because parents got a little small holding thing, towing a trailer around full of wood, about a ton and a half, and it was still tugging it up hills and all the rest yeah. of it. So, yes, no, they're excellent, awesome cars. And I think I think we, we need to do something about your sins against this 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 impressive wagon. I, and I can think of a good way of atoning for them. <laughs> I can see what's coming. Yeah, get your spray gun, honey, buddy. <laughs> We're going to squirt some green stuff over my Subaru. And the thing is, it's going to be, hopefully, if we can, obviously we've got to do lots of things. I've got to sell house, go on the game for a bit, and figure out the costs. But, um, can you afford to go on the game? The colour. Yeah, it takes a long time, though, I tell you. It'll cost you a fair bit. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> no, 50p last night. How much do they pay? Penny each. Um, the uh, Alpine green BMW which I saw with James actually at Frankfurt. Hold your horses. That's illegal. Um, no. You're, there is no way... I thought you were going to be a fan of this. I will I'm gonna... allow you to put okay. a sacred colour on a Subaru. Yes, it's... for Alpinas. Well, why not for superior vehicles? I I think it's... It, what Also, is the Alpina one different from standard BMW green? Yes. Okay, so it's the Alpina, and it's called it's just called metallic green at the moment, from what I can tell online. All we need is a colour code. Yeah, you know, you can't yeah. get one of them. You, they're, 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 uh... Well, I called up a BMW dealership and they gave me a direct contact number for that. You have like a special zone if you want to buy an Alpine. So I'll, is it an Alpine or an Alpina? I can never remember. I'm not telling you now. Okay. Well, I don't really care. But anyway, so that's that's the idea. And I've even got permission from the powers that be, i.e. my partner, <laughs> and I got her to pick colours and stuff like that. And... So if, if here's, here's the thing. If yep. you paint your Subaru Alpina dark green, I yes. am going to sticker the Octavia like Colin McRae's 22B. <laughs> and I will park it outside your house with all these scrap Subarus every day, forever. Hmm. 
you know what, I'm even going to put a Monster Energy sticker on the back window. Here's a question. Uh, what was the first, Kelly, what was the first of your cars that you detailed yourself? As in your, your, your own car that you actually bothered to do a full detail on? I'm trying to avoid, again, what is detail? Uh, hand polishing, hand cutting? Would you call it the whole car? Or with a machine. The most in-depth job that you could oh, possibly do on it. When you put your finger up the exhaust pipe. <laughs> no, it'd be the M3, the 46 M3. Oh, God. Oh, great, great, that great. Was, that, Jesus. that was a period I had just before I created my business. Had a period and got a BMW. Uh, yeah, and then that was the first, my own car that I fully wet sanded, fitted new glass, because every time I made something perfect, it showed the next part that wasn't. So it, and well, BMW recolored, does lots of work the lever, yeah. changed the wheels, and then it got into modifying. And that car annoyingly started off standing, and I promised I'd never do anything to it. Um, it then sat in my unit as I got the new workshop. And because people were walking in, not knowing this, people would walk in and go, that's stunning. Mm. What's that? What have you done to it? I'd explain, I've detailed it. Everyone's like, You've got my car. So then it very quickly was Why like, Why are you there? Oh, hang I on can't so what you're, so, what you're saying is it. your whole career, fame and fortune Correct. is directly responsible or directly related to a BMW. Yeah, a lot of people well, know there we go. Because this we is before, before you, you bought the Subaru. We can end the podcast there. This is before you bought the Subaru <laughs> and then committed crime. Yeah. So actually, the BMW was just like a feeder but car I'm to get you sorry, up to that but, level. There's a lot of people that know my car. I was amazed how many people, and it never went anywhere, but everyone saw it on, on social media. Was it yeah. broken or? No, no. It's just, it was too perfect to use. I mean, a polished, There you go. There's too, the statement. Too perfect to use. Yeah. Sorry, this was a BMW E46 M3. M3. E46 yeah. M3. In Laguna Seca Blue. Oh, well, wow. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's the colour. Yeah, I can't picture it. But it's fine. Teal. You know. Teal. Yeah, no, I just don't want to picture it. I mean, I have. Fully painted a TVR ten years before that and sanded it and polished it, but it was. If I look, I take like, you did the chassis as well. Then. Yeah, but if I, I know, <laughs> I know now. If I went back and looked, at, if I could physically look at that work again, because it was ten years in the past before that, before I really understood detail, mm -hmm. I'd probably cringe. But at the time, I can actually remember putting a hand glaze on as part of the process or a machine glaze or free machine glaze, and then it. I remember it getting a lot shinier and deeper when I waxed it thinking that was a normal process. And now I'd be like, well, that means it wasn't polished properly. <laughs> Absolutely wasn't polished. So the first proper detailed car where I could say that is quality work would be the M3. But On the TVR, did you pull back a section of carpet, sign your name and then draw a knob? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what everyone at the factory used <laughs> yeah, of course, to do. Yeah. Yeah. What type of TVR was it? I've had a couple. Um, oh, so it's amazing. Car enthusiasts, though, it seems to be real, we're part of a piston as, head screw. As I said to you the other day, my first car I learned to drive was an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I mean, that's me. I'm tarnished for life, aren't I? Yeah, there is that. There um, is that. So that's two cars I've never owned. It's um, never never had a TVR. No. Never had an Alfa. At least you know where the no. fuse box is, though. Yep. So I had a, a TVR Chimera. Chimera, you yeah. pronounce it, but it was the 5 litre or the 500 HC. Well, Nick, so. Fi Nick Fish is going to be all over this. Yeah. Nick, yeah. And then H a TVR Tuscan. Um, but the Mark One for the better rose, or the red rose, as they call it. Yeah. So Mark One, which is lethal, Larry. I do like Tuscan. Tuscan S is my favourite. For for the price, yeah. You, yeah. How much they are, and it, it brilliant car. But you've got to know about how to look after cars. Yeah. yeah don't open the front front bonnet further than like thirty five degrees because it just yes. snaps off. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've heard. 
quality. So did you, did you have the car over 30,000 miles? So you, you didn't have to do a full rebuild of the Speed no, 6 engine? I Who bought, would have a Street I 6 bought, engine? I bought that <laughs> car with almost a, a, a repaint. That one particular one, there's a different car. That, the Tuscan was a, it just been resprayed. Just had a new Cigaris engine move 800 miles on the clock from a scrapper or something had been written off and then that engine uh, this is history i'm reading about i think 100 miles later after racing green which is like one of the only tvr power for putting engines in fitted a cigaris engine a lot of money mm. and he's done 100 miles the owner and the gas you know and it's like in total that engine's done 900 miles so then it come apart and it got rebuilt again and nothing got rebuilt again and i'm like fortunately I can see like £40,000 worth of parts later. I'm buying it when it's sort of ironed out all its problems. And the few years I had it, it was great. Which is basically what's going to happen with my Audi once it's built. What? I'm going to get it redone and then sell it. Why, if you get it redone, why not keep it? I mean, I made the same thing with, with TJ. Because it's a 100,000 mile car, and once something starts going wrong, everything else will go wrong. It's like, oh, he already has, though. Yes, I know. I've already, already gone wrong. two or three dominoes down. I just don't want to be at the end when the final domino falls oh. and I mean, crushes I, me. I still haven't ticked off the uh, Quattro system from my uh, Ian's Audi bingo card yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for, I've got diffs on there. Well, I, 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 I don't know. a dangerous game because it's got. Uh, it's got radar cruise control on it once that goes i am finished <laughs> he's out of it literally i don't know what's going to break down first you or the car it's been emotional <laughs> actually no right. they're both broken down already next magazine next magazine last, indeed. last, last little bit and then we'll talk about podcast because we have gone on a little bit on this yeah. we have it's gone on what's the time 324 that's cool that's cool of all things i'm taking the, the, the partner out for dinner tonight and a wine tasting so that's be fun. But next magazine, um, we are um, C minus six, seven weeks away. Shitbags. Yeah, we are indeed. Um, I've already started writing bits and bobs. I wrote something the other day as well. And that's asked, cool. You've asked me to write something. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. this is a special thing. We now have a new feature called Kelly's Corner, Kelly's Column, Kelly's. Well, we talked about Kelly's Dungeon, but we thought probably no, yeah. probably Corner, yeah. Corner would be yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and the idea is a really really in depth hardcore anal. Um, you need to finish that sentence, but finish the yeah. sentence. Um, Kelly's edging towards the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't worry, I've locked it I'm from the inside. I'm out the countryside. I did wonder that you may be different. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you don't know but, is what's in the biscuits. <laughs> you wonder why the chickens keep running away. <laughs> yes. That's, That's a, why there's a gate outside, so we can't get out. Yeah, you yeah, can't run away. Gates. There are actually two gates outside. Okay. Um, the uh, yeah, so a really in-depth, pedantic kind of look at a very narrow look at a subject um and we're going to be doing paint for the first one first surprise one, yeah. surprise paint, yeah. and we're not just you know saying we're just doing paint of course we're not doing everything on paint we're going to pick a little bit of paint and then we're going to do that really 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 in depth yeah, yeah. um so what sort of ideas have you had so far i mean just give us a, a brief outline so obviously you had a little taster from the panels that we've created and painted in house for training so yeah we can... definitely not solvent free <laughs> no. so we i threw quite a few ideas to you the other day about color matching because mm -hmm. of i'm surprised how many people in the industry of detail genuinely think it's just a color code you saw a panel yeah. demo the other day of one manufacturer's interpretation of the color so i was going to do a quite in depth of I would actually say on certain colours, even what I know, I couldn't ever match a car perfectly. If you really wanted to look for a colour edge to edge, you will see it. Mm -hmm. So when customers expect to be a perfect match, 
there's a compromise. It's a bit like you said about the wet sand. There's always going to be a compromise at some point. Some of the compromises are tiny. So if I could help explain why sometimes it's impossible in certain colours to get a match. There is obviously certain colours that match brilliantly, mm-hmm. but not all colours. So if I explain that, then it might make details, details understand, hmm, don't slag off the painter all the time because I've... I've actually painted some customers' cars three, four times in-house when I'm convinced we've got the right colour by using what we call spray test cards, mm-hmm. tested the colour, mixed our own matches up, blended, because we do all that, and offer it up to the car with three different types of colour light sources, convinced we've got the right one, and then mix and put it on the car, and occasionally you look at it and go, oh, it's brilliant, and then you put it outside a different angle and you're like... Because of metallic lay, mm-hmm. it just the atomization is so much involved that you're like, can I let that go? And possibly the customer wouldn't notice it. So, but we have redone cars many times over. Customer doesn't see that; they just get it done, it's finished and done on time. So if I can't get a color match right, let's explain why. Yes, that's the best way. And then you've got the free stage pearl that you could paint the whole car and paint one panel at a separate time to the shell because you've got the room, which is what Lamborghini used to do when that's hand painting, and the door won't match because of another reason. So let's educate that. Let's sort of talk about water-based and solvent, mm-hmm. why why it's happened and what's the differences or what's the consequences to a detailer? What Does it really matter to us? Well, also the difference in how lacquer and um, base coat are different and some are still solvent. Yeah, Yeah. so um, that was more of a geeky. And we're not really trying yet to talk about how to polish paint because that's not talking about paint. That's detailing. Yeah. So let's just go into the sort of worlds of paint tech itself. Um, Maybe I'll get involved in different applications and anti-static guns that... Uh, I think someone did the course this week yes. said, oh, plastic's always a different... It will always be a different colour. And I was like, well, no, because we've painted tonnes of cars. I mean, really have done hundreds of cars over the last 10 years. If we do a full respray, the bumper matches the wing. Full stop, it matches. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, so how can it? It's plastic, steel, aluminium, carbon fibre, it all matches. If you understand why... There could be a discrepancy, and it's to do a static on strong metallic colours. And the way the metallic lays, it can make the colour look different, or you can even fire up. But most of the time, in a factory car, it's just because it's painted in a different plant. Mm. It's just completely painted at a different time. A lot of, a lot of people don't realise that. They think that the car's painted entirely yeah. put together. But nine times out of ten, a lot of these cars are painted in bits. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, like, is it Mini, with the body and white and everything, all of that's done in Swindon, and then it's shipped up to Oxfordshire for the final kind of bit and bob. So and that... I'd probably go into shades when you've got colour matching issues, like last count, last time I was painted, it was a long time ago, Ford Panther Black. One manufacturer might have five shade options, another manufacturer might have 12, but the largest amount of shade options in one brand of paint for that Ford Panther Black was 21 shade options. Oh. And it doesn't tell you that shade option on, on the, the colour code. So <laughs> you've then got 21 <clears throat> shades. And and then the chips you use might be ink and not paint. So some manufacturers are proud that the colour chips you get out on your little fan mm-hmm. go up for a quick. That should be a, that's not a colour match. That's just, oh, that's the colour it is. Now let's check. But at least it might be sprayed so it's actually real and not an ink interpretation. So all stuff like that I think is useful mm. or intriguing to people that have never been around paint. Yeah, no, I, I think, think that's... it's something that we've been desperately 
trying to get somebody to talk about, isn't it? Because mm. we were trying to speak to actual manufacturers and stuff when we were doing um, sort of history of paint articles, but it's... For some reason, BASF didn't bother returning our emails. No, yeah. we've, 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 we've tried getting in touch with a few of them, but it's... I think it's going to be great because instead of learning about paint as a material, we're actually going to learn about paint as a substrate. Mm-hmm. So paint when it's applied, not paint when it's in a tin. Yeah, and we can I can easily talk about grand coats and that actually quite often the paint you would never believe this, but certain colours, especially yellows of Lamborghini and certain reds as Mazda as a sole red, which is one of the worst colours to match. But if you don't have the right ground coat underneath, it really alters the shade of the colour. So you'd think, well, surely just put a lot more red on so that the underneath doesn't match. And that's where it becomes an issue when you've got the original red and you're blending into it, and then you've got a ground coat, which might be a dark grey. Mm-hmm. There's that blend transition. So there's there's a really strange view of paints that some are very, very see-through. They really are. So I had no, no idea about this until uh, a few years ago when we had... Um, my friend's got an E60 and M5. Yeah. No, my friend's got an E60 M5, and it's Indianapolis red. Mm-hmm. And it went to have some paintwork done, and it was way off. And I, as you know, I speak a little bit of German. And on the color code in the engine bay, it says Fuhler Schwartz, and that means a black, effectively black primer. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is, is mm. like Kelly's saying, is it needs a black ground coat for the colors to then go over the top, and it mm. completely changed it. Do you remember, the, like, doing the old Tamiya yeah, shells and you'd put a coat of white on the back after you'd done your colours? I'd say the first one I painted on the outside by mistake, not realising it's how polycarbonate <laughs> works. Yeah, yeah so I, it was amazing when I found that out. So yeah. there's there's primers, uh, high-build and... Well, not H-prizes, high-build primers, but they're not essentially a high-build primer like we think of as being two, 300 microns where you're actually... That's a filler primer. Mm-hmm. Sad. This is a, a sealer primer, which comes in six tint options flat out the can. So you different shades of white, almost down to black. And mm-hmm. then sometimes they tell you on the scheme to add a colour tint to that, to actually tint that colour again. I'll tell you now, I've been around body shops. My stepfather was a painter, my mm. father was a painter, and they've had big accident repair centres. No one bothers. <laughs> they Nobody bothers. And when I've spoken to paint manufacturers on this Many subjects are always like, look to me odd when you're not normal. Why do you care? Blend it. In other words, paint right down the car all the time. And I'm like, I've got customers that want originality and do not want the parts of the car that have never been painted touched. Mm. And it's just, why are you being a pain? And I'm like, well, what? no, you can do it right. Yes, but, and then it was a, no one wants to pay. No one earns enough yeah. money. And as, I'm far, like, as far as they're concerned, it's, it's right for mm. 99% of yeah. people. So for that 1%, it's, yeah. it's, the, Stuff it's the Ford seatbelt recall. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to the horrible commercially acceptable phrase used by body repair centres. Yeah. With intolerance. So if yeah. I can start this series up with paint tech and just go on and on, I think it mm. might make people really understand and appreciate and sometimes sympathise with things we might see on a car, which could just be colour match or a strange fade and blend, and sometimes you have to accept that. 
and uneducated detailers would possibly go on a rampage, mm-hmm. typing away on a social media or a sort of a Facebook group saying, oh, look, they're rubbish. All these paintings are rubbish. No, what? A detailer on yeah. Facebook criticising yeah. somebody else? So Definitely never done that. So, <laughs> Especially painters. It's, it's actually weird because what I'm trying to do, is we said earlier, I'm trying to be the common factor dominator here that's actually making painters and detailers understand each other's The friend traits. maker, yeah. yes. And I have got contact at the moment with a paint manufacturer that hopefully very soon, I was meant to do it last year, but COVID, they want me to go to their lab for two days to see how they actually make the tints and really get scientific of they can make bespoke paint. And I was invited there last year because I used their paints. Do you want a PA with a camera? Well, he's see. not pretty, but no, he's got no, a camera. Let's see, because um, I said about vlogging and stuff like that, and they went, look, let's just come up and do that first. Mm-hmm. And they said it'll be a two-day course, and it was like... VIP, we don't need to pay, and this is normally what they would do for a big body shop franchise yeah. to sort of show their facility. So that is a great opportunity. I haven't scheduled when yet, but if we can get that involved as well, mm-hmm. you never know what can happen in the future. You might actually have a paint manufacturer. Who will let you get back to our emails. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. and help what they do in mine. So <laughs> we're on halfway there, aren't we? <laughs> no, that's cool. That is cool. Okie Koki. Well, as you will probably know, issue 13 will be out at some point soonish. Um, we're not going to be any more accurate than that at the moment, or precise, should we say. And uh, it will have lots of lovely scra- scrawlings and scratchings from Kelly, as well as the rest of us on lots of different detailing related topics. I just checked because it's a 150 page magazine, so you're okay doing about 75 pages worth. <laughs> yeah. this article, yeah, well, when he said three to 5,000 words, I was like, damn. We, 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 can, yeah, we can blow up the font massively. You have no idea. <laughs> but honestly, the more words are better. I mean, we do <laughs> hell. The we've got a, um, that promotion one I wrote. Um, was, yeah, but we delete half your words. Yeah, I know. You know I do post edits and remove half of it. Yes, <laughs> that's why you have to write sort of fifteen to twenty thousand. Yeah, we work on the averages. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, we will call it a day there. Uh, just leaves me to say, Kelly, thank you very much for coming all the way up in the Wiltshire. It's a pleasure. Um, and uh, good luck getting back, maybe. Well, well, I, left at the train. I am looking, thinking I'm going to hit the M25 right on about half past five and probably sleep there tonight. Well, you'll be going past... <laughs> well, yes, I mean... Because <laughs> the traffic. <laughs> to be fair, on Wednesday, I left here at 5.30 in the morning, got back at 10, 10 yeah. 15 or yeah. so, and it was... Yeah, you feel it. Yeah. You feel it. Yeah. But you've got those McLaren Pirelli tyres, so I'm tires sure you'll be fine. in the traffic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll be yeah. good. That'll suit you. And you won't draw any attention at all with no. the big wheels and brakes that lovely on a van (laughs) not jealous Um, anyway thank you very much Kelly it's been a pleasure it's a pleasure and it's also goodbye from Erin bye bye and from James bye bye and from me bye bye thank you very much for listening (laughs) 